Welcome to the Dare to Move podcast. I'm your host, Garrett Wood, and this is a high energy show. This season, season three, we're talking all things team, collaboration, and how to take aligned action after the stillness work. Tune in for passionate conversations from trailblazers and innovators, my own personal coaching insights, and honestly, who knows? Because this show is where anything goes. It's unscripted and all for you. Did you guys know that I have a program that will help you heal your relationship with food and reconnect with your body? Maybe you did, maybe you didn't. But for the past year and a half, I have been guiding my fat loss and body transformation clients through a series of mindset steps that I have taken and created one big epic program out of called Dare to Eat 2.0 Life Coaching for Food. There is a link in the bio to give you and only you guys, my very loyal listeners, 15% off of this program. It's eight weeks. You can take as long as you need. You get four coaching calls with me and truly weight loss is a side effect, but what's way more powerful is being able to look in the mirror and not dart your eyes the other way, to not feel inappropriate, to not feel uncomfortable in your own skin. It's like, this is where we live. And I know all too well what it's like to not feel comfortable in the skin you're in. On top of that, I know what it's like when the one thing that keeps us alive, aka food, (laughs) is stressful for you because we have to eat to be human. So if you are struggling with your eating relationship, your body relationship, and your self-confidence, and at the same time, you also want to change something, I'm here to tell you that you can't change it if you don't understand your mindset and why you're stuck in the first place. This program will change all of that for you. So Dare to Eat 2.0 Life Coaching for Food online course. Links in the show notes for you guys to get it for 15% off. And you'll get four coaching calls with me. I cannot wait to help you on your journey. All right, back to the show. Happy Super Bowl Sunday and welcome back to the Dare to Move podcast. And yes, we are dropping an epic episode on Super Bowl Sunday because you know what? It's a special day regardless. And I'm really pumped about today's guest, Todd Sylvester. It's one of those amazing connections that he connected with Katie Grimes, who's been a former guest on this show, and she is a dear friend of mine, and she connected me to Todd. I was on Todd's Belief Cast, and now he's here. And to be honest, guys, he is the first person who's ever come onto the show to openly share about their addiction journey and and also what happened after we did hear from michelangelo over the summer about his dark night of the soul and what that looked like um but it wasn't specific to drug and alcohol addiction and i'm really grateful for todd coming onto the show being so vulnerable and sharing the why behind what he does and and how getting clean transformed his life and He's now been clean for 31 years. He is uh, an author two times over. He's done over 1,500 speaking engagements. He's done 17,000 mindset coaching sessions, and he truly is just a heart-centered person, and that has been a theme for uh, the men we've had on this year, although there's technically only been two. We've got Todd and another heart-centered man coming on, uh, well, Todd's today, but Nick will be on soon. And 
it's just so powerful to connect with someone who has no ego, is a continual learner, who is entirely present, and who can talk about how they're helping people and truly making helping make the world a better place. Like I am I just finished this interview as I'm recording this intro and I'm I'm kind of speechless to be honest and and really excited just about how this may help you today, my listener and potentially one of your friends. This may be the one that you send to a friend who's really really struggling right now and I am just grateful for Todd for coming on and um, for having me on his uh, podcast too. Um, A couple of main points I want to highlight. We do talk about his book writing journey. We talk about his addiction journey. We talk about kind of his big turnaround point uh, that made him commit to sobriety. We also talk about his connection to Simon Sinek, which if you know Simon Sinek, like he is just, wow, he is a powerhouse. Uh, And we also talk about, which this was probably my favorite part. um, I asked him about if slash how he connects a higher power and spirituality into his work as a coach. And um, he gave this incredible, um, explanation of what higher power can mean for some people who aren't religious, um, etc. So really excited for you to hear that. He, I'm just going to read a little bit about him because you guys know, I, I always take the honor of, uh, tooting other people's horns that, that really do need to be, um, tooted because he's got a lot of just incredible stuff in his background. So he is the founder of Todd Sylvester Inspires. He mentors uh, and coaches people from all over the world. You could call him a mentor or a mindset coach. Uh, He actually founded a nonprofit in 1989, which is an anti-drug entity, Sly Dog, the drug-free That's Me. He's going to talk a little bit about that today, by the way. And this program has encouraged over 250,000 school-age students emphasizing the principles of positive self-talk, personal commitment, goal setting, and character building. He had spent his youth addicted to drugs and alcohol, as mentioned, uh, and through his recovery and newfound awareness, he learned that more powerful than any addiction is the power of the human soul, which you guys know we have talked all about going within on this show. So he's, of course, perfectly aligned. Uh, Todd's story was recently told through a popular YouTube clip that received over 5 million views and has been translated into three languages. And he is an author of the popular ebook, It's Time to Start Living, and the number one bestseller, I Am Recovered, available on Amazon. He produces the popular podcast on iTunes that he calls his Belief Cast, which has great people doing amazing things. As I mentioned, I was so lucky to be featured. His belief cast just hit over 115,000 downloads. Uh, His story was also featured in best-selling author Simon Siddick's new book, Find Your Why. He's been married to his sweetheart for 28 years. They have four children, one granddaughter, and live a happy, busy life together. So all of the ways you can connect with Todd are going to be in the show notes from his website, iTunes, YouTube channel, Facebook, social media handle. I'm so excited for you guys to stay connected to him because he's going to be a powerful person in your life, whether you seek out, you know, one-on-one coaching with him or you get inspired from his book, from his YouTube page, from his belief cast. Um, You'd be surprised how many people I've met through his network um, who have followed him for years, just um, 
seeing him as a mentor from afar. So couldn't be more excited for you guys to hear him in this space and time, but also wherever you are. You may be listening in 2022 and struggling with addiction, and I hope that this serves you in whatever way it's supposed to. So thank you for being here. Huge thank you to Todd Sylvester for giving us his time while he was on a beautiful resort in Las Vegas. And without further ado, I introduce Todd Sylvester. Todd Sylvester, welcome to the show. Thanks, Garrett. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. It's fun to trade uh, places. <laughs> it is. You are typically in the, the host seat, so I'm sure it's nice to be a guest. Yes, it is. Kind of a little different feel, but uh, I like either side. But yeah, it's good to, to be on your show. And uh, I love what you do. And I love the way you live your life. And I'm just grateful to connect with you, Garrett. Thank you. We're very lucky that Katie Grimes connected us. And yep. uh, you yeah. shared such a beautiful quote with me to kick us off today. And it's, it's, it's epic. So I'm going to read it and then get your take on it. The yeah. quote is, the most delightful surprise in life is to suddenly recognize there is nothing wrong with you. Yes, that is, uh, to me, I, I, that is the greatest truth that any of us human beings can grasp onto because it's the truth. And I grew up um, believing something was wrong with me all the time. And when, you know, luckily I had a mentor in my life and a coach that kind of showed me the way and I realized there's nothing wrong with me. And, you know, if I, you know, I had a, I was doing a speaking event one time and it was at a junior high and it's, I did a little Q and A at the end and this kid on the front row raises his hand and he said, if you could go back to when you were in junior high, what would you tell yourself? And I said, that's easy. I'd go back and tell myself there's nothing wrong with me. And so, and that quote that you said, Garrett is, you know, when, when I have a client sit down in my office, that quotes above my head. And so I mean, here I am sitting across a heroin addict or an alcoholic who have just blown up their lives. And I actually have them on the very first session read that out loud. The most mm -hmm. surprise to, you know, in your life is to suddenly recognize there's nothing wrong with you. And it's amazing the different type of responses I get from the clients. Some of them will cry. Some of them will laugh at it. Some of them just kind of shake their head like, well, that's not true. Or, you know, what? and it's just interesting. And but I always just say, you know what? I know you don't believe this right now, but you're going to. And so mm. it's just truly one of those things that I kind of like build my whole coaching platform off of. It's a powerful one to build from. And uh, yeah. I I usually play here for a little while on the quote, just because some some stuff comes up that's worth uh, yeah. mentioning. And, and one of the things you mentioned is um, that you had a mentor slash coach to help you realize that. And a lot of the people listening to this podcast are coaches or mentors uh, and potentially thinking about having one of their own. What uh, was the point? When did you decide that you wanted or needed a mentor? You know, it's almost like I didn't even know that I needed one. It's just this person, my mentor, his, his name is actually Rich Saunders. He, he sought me out um, and my story you know, for those that are listening, I, I was a drug addict for almost 10 years and blew up my life. Um, and it was uh, just a really rough, dark time. And this this friend of mine, Rich Saunders, he reached out to me when I was at my darkest point in my life. And he just decided I'm going to be your mentor. I mean, I didn't even ask for it. And he just mm. like, I'm here to help you. 
And he was the one guy that believed in me when I didn't believe in myself. And that was 31 years ago, Garrett. Wow. <laughs> this really will date me here, but uh, that was 31 years ago. And this guy took me under his wing and just showed me the ropes. And I'll tell you, um, I've been fortunate now, like when I'm sitting with a client, all these things I'm sharing, I've experienced, but it was because of my mentor showing me the way. And so I'm just giving back what he showed me. Mm -hmm. And um, it, it's just, you know, the other day, we, my family and I, we were kind of tallying um, how many people I've coached over uh, since, you know, 31 years ago. It's little, little over 17,000 coaching sessions. And I sit there and go, are you kidding me? But the reason why I point that out, Garrett, is in those sessions, every single one of them, I'm always bringing up something that my mentor showed me or taught me. Mm -hmm. And so it was, it was one of those pivotal times in my life. And I honestly believe this, Garrett, if had he not done that, I, I probably wouldn't be alive. Mm -hmm. you know, I, I mean, at this time I was suicidal. I was, I was done. And uh, wow. I just get emotional about it right now. And so for anyone listening, you know, coaches understand this. Coaches need coaches. Mentors need mentors. Uh, you know, therapists need therapists. And we're all human. We're all trying to do our best and getting through this life. And, you know, I've just dedicated my life like you, Garrett, where I want to make a difference. And I'm going to do this till the day I die. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing that. I I do yeah. have more more questions to ask you about your journey in case anyone listening is in one of those darker places at the moment. Um, but I appreciate you sharing that just because uh, I, I tend to think that sometimes the friends and the people we come across can kind of unofficially mentor us. But in, a, in my experience, it was sort of like unofficially, but you still have that voice in your head that you described earlier. Like, but I'm also, pro there's probably something wrong with me. Like my thoughts aren't probably normal. And, and then, you know, you develop closer friendships and you feel a little bit more comfortable letting some of it out. And then like, to your point, having a mentor or a guide or a coach is just instrumental in fast tracking that growth, not because it needs to be on a fast pace, but just to really unravel all the parts of it. And uh, so thank you for that. And I, uh, I have one standard question that I ask all of my guests and exactly. um, you know, the guests now know you've coached over 17,000 sessions and they could find out that you've done over 1500 speaking events and you've written a book and all these things that are incredible and have to do with your title. But the standard question I ask people is just, who are you? You know, work aside, maybe other labels aside that you've carried. How do you define yourself? I'm a creator. I'm honest. I'm caring. I'm sympathetic. I am light. I am love. I am energy. I am brave. I am tenacious. And the list goes on, Garrett. And I know that might even sound kind of silly, but I'm no. telling you, that's who I am. And I believe it to my core. I used to try to define myself because you know, when I was growing up, basketball was my passion. I wanted mm. to play college. I wanted to play in the pros. I mean, I had dreams, aspirations. And when basketball, I got a college scholarship. And when I lost that scholarship, because I was getting wasted all the time, that was like, quote unquote, my identity. That's all I, that was me. I'm, I'm a basketball player. So back then you, I would have said, I'm a basketball player. That's it, period, nothing mm. else. And so when that went away, it was like, why do I want to even live anymore? I'd rather, if I can't do that, I'd just rather be dead. And so luckily, again, learning this through years and years of experience with people helping me along the way, especially my mentor, I've realized who I really am. And it's those core characteristics 
um, that I just mentioned. And the list goes on. I mean, there's so much more to it. And here's the cool thing. We're all the same. Those same characteristics that I have are the same ones you have, Garrett, and anyone listening to this. That's just a fact. And we just got to focus more on those kind of things. And so that's how I answer that question. And I believe it to my core. <laughs> I can I can feel it, which is, is beautiful. It's that energy uh, shared. So thank you for that. And Great question. Uh, for, I love the question. Thank you. I spent uh, about a good year asking people what they do. And yeah. I, I finally said, well, we're, of course, we're going to talk about what you do. I want to talk about who you are first. So thank you uh, for that. And um, I guess it would be important to sort of start with your uh, recovery journey and, and how long it took you and what your kind of, uh, I don't know if you want to call it an awakening or a big, the big turning point was in your life where you knew that this next step forward was a totally new path that you would never, you know, and maybe you didn't, maybe you didn't have one of those. I'd just love to know more about your um, recovery journey. Yeah, no, thank you. And I love that question. And it's really a long answer. So I, I hope that I can say this in a way that will be impactful for you and your listeners. But I took my first sip of alcohol when I was 11 years old. I didn't get drunk or anything like that, but I fell in love with kind of the rush of having that drink. Right. And I knew it was wrong. Like I just, and I was hiding it from my dad and my mom and my, you know, and, but um, you know, I learned at a very young age, I had this all or nothing mentality. And anytime I made up my mind to do something, I was all in and that can be a really good thing, right? It can be, and you and I've talked a lot. I think you're kind of like locking that you're a lot like that too, man. When you think of, you're, you're all in. And I love to watch that when you do that. But for me, um, when I was about seventh and eighth grade, I got offered uh, on a trip with one of my friends to smoke some marijuana. Uh, this is um, this was about my freshman year in uh, uh, high school, and I we smoked it. I fell in love with it, and that opened the door to everything else. And I won't go into all the details, but needless to say, that opened up the door to alcohol and you know cocaine and speed and you name it. I just did everything under the sun, and I was all in. Um, and at the same time, as uh, I mentioned before, basketball was my passion and I'm practicing two or three hours every day. I'm just, my goal is to get a college scholarship and then hopefully one day play in the pros. And that was it. And that's what I did. I partied and played basketball. <laughs> and, but that uh, obviously led to a dead end as most people listening to this can understand. They may, they may have struggled with themselves or they know someone, but I got to a point when after I lost the scholarship, like I mentioned earlier, I was at the depths of despair. I just was, and I actually planned my suicide and um, I'm getting ready to do it. And I, I don't know how to explain it other, you know, whether you want to call it God or your higher power or whatever you believe in. But I reached out to, to a, a higher power when I didn't believe in a higher power. I had overheard these two girls talking about, you know, how powerful it is if you had a higher power. And I, and I hear this, and I, I was very skeptical, but I did. And I reached out and that's when my mentor showed up into my life and rich. Wow. And I'm not kidding you. And I just look at it as, wow, there is an answer to me reaching out. And um, he, he, I mean, matter of fact, I met with him even last Sunday, one-on-one, -on -one, I had a two hour session with this guy and I mean, 31 years he's been doing this for me. And so he definitely was a godsend for me. And, uh, it was, the, but the, I was still struggling, even though he reached out to me, but 
But I, I got to share this part of the story, Garrett. And I told you this was a long answer, but this. Oh, needs please to tell me everything. <laughs> so, I when I was when I was working with my mentor, I'm still a drug addict. I'm still an alcoholic. I'm drinking every day. I'm partying every day. I'm lying. I'm cheating. I'm stealing. I'm manipulating. I'm just not doing good things. And and he was just one of the most patient pe people I've ever met. He just kept you know helping me out and. At the time I was doing this, I'm working as a bartender, which is not a good idea if you're trying to quit drinking because <laughs> you're just yeah. around. It's right in front of you, right? Mm -hmm. Well, as a bartender, I would get tips from the waiters and waitresses, right? And they usually I would give me, they would always give me their change. And then anyone that sit at the bar, I would get tips from them as well. Well, I'd keep all this change, quarters, nickels, and dimes in the cup holders of my car, right? And I had about $40 worth of quarters, nickels, and dimes. And as I'm still working with my mentor, I'm about eight months into it at this point, and I'm still drinking and partying every single day, um, really having this negative voice in my head that's telling me that I'm no good, I'm never going to make it. And I'm driving down the road. It was on a beautiful Saturday, the sun's shining. And as I'm driving, out of the corner of my eye, I see this little girl selling lemonade. No big deal. I just drive right on past. Well, all of a sudden I had this impression come over me, turn around and give all the money in your car to this little girl. And I thought that will be cool because I had like $40 with the change. Wow. So I flip my car around, I pull up and I roll down my window, ask this little girl, hey, how much? And she said, 25 cents. I said, I'll take one. So she pours it. She sets it. I, I, she hands it to me. I set it on my dashboard and then I tell her to cup her hands in front of her. And then I just start scooping all this money into her hands and she starts freaking out. She's like, no way. I'm like, hold on. I got more. And I <laughs> like nine to 10 scoops to get them in her hand. And then the very last scoop, she throws on her little table and she takes off into her house. Right. And in my mind, I'm thinking she's going to go tell her parents some dude just gave her a million dollars. Well, as I pull away, I start to cry, Garrett, like I've never cried before in my entire life. Have you ever cried so hard that you feel like you're cleansing your soul? Yeah. It, this was a soul cleansing Ooh. cry. I literally have to pull my car over, put my face in my hands, and I just sob. Because for the first time that I could ever remember, I did something for someone else. Mm. Because when you're in the height of addiction, you are the most selfish person on the planet. It's like, mm -hmm. I will lie to you. I will cheat you. I will steal from you to get what I want. But I did something that made this girl's probably decade, right? And in that moment, Garrett, I felt like I mattered. I felt like I wanted to be clean. I felt like that I could actually maybe even love myself. Wow. And there's a quote, one of my, one of my favorite quotes by a guy named Ferdinand Foch. He's a military Frenchman. And his quote is, the most powerful weapon on earth is the human soul on fire. This lit my soul on fire. And that all or nothing mentality kicked in, Garrett. And I said, if that little girl's there next Saturday, I'm going to give her all my money that I earn as a bartender. <laughs> kind of ironic, right? So I, I go there the next Saturday. I pull up. This little girl recognizes me like, oh, my gosh, here's the money guy, right? And oh, I give her another $30 in quarters. I do this the next Saturday, another 20 and quarters. And, you know, and this just goes on. I do this every Saturday for the next two and a half months. Wow. And I will tell you, every time I pulled away from there, I would just start crying. Oh. And it was in that moment, Garrett, obviously still working with my mentor, 
But it was in that moment when I said, I am never, ever doing drugs and alcohol again. I'm going to do my best to never lie. I'm going to do my best to be accountable, have integrity. I want to start being a good person because I was such a bad person back then. It just, you know, I pinched myself today. I'm like, man, I can't believe I'm talking to you, Garrett. I'm serious. I'm like sitting here with you going, what? I mean, and then I get to meet great people like you and it just, I don't know. I'm so overwhelmed with gratitude. And so, and from that day forward is like I said, I've been clean now 31 years. I've done you know, I've been coaching, I've been mentoring, I've been, I do speaking events. I'm sitting here. If you saw this place where I'm at, it's called Pirates Cove in Vegas. I just did a speaking event last night to 60 powerful youth who are trying to change their lives. And man, it was so epic. And I just, I can't believe it. And so I, uh, I don't know, I'm kind of rambling here, but I'm telling you, it was though it was giving it away. Mm. It gave me so much, right? Wow. Um, you got to give to get one of the mo mm -hmm. most powerful principles on the planet is when you give, if you give it away, or excuse me, let me say it this way. If you want to be, give it away. So if you want to be inspiring, go give away inspiration. If mm. you want to be powerful, go give away power. It's wow. amazing. You give to get and me giving that money to that little girl. I got back my life. Mm. I don't know how else to say wow. it. I got my life back. And wow. well, that's kind of, you know, that that's the answer to your short question, but a long answer. <laughs> Thank you for that. I think it's important for people to hear. I mean, everybody has a different um, moment, but I think there's some things that can be highlighted that anyone yeah. could experience, which what, what, the part you were just sharing about giving what you really want to be away. But also um, you mentioned, and this was one of my questions to ask you, you mentioned uh, surrendering to a higher power, even though you hadn't, you know, really believed in one. And so I do want to circle back to spirituality, um, as well. The, um, this notion. So I grew where I grew up a lot of this, you know, kind of frames some stuff, but I just, I had a lot of type a personality traits and, uh, was very scared of authority. So I, I never got involved in drugs and alcohol yet. And shockingly, I didn't even see it in college. And I, I, I laughed because I knew people did it. I just, it never came into my realm, but I had a lot of addictive issues with let's call it food, um, supplements, caffeine, and things that I, I knew weren't healthy for me. Like I'd have three protein bars in a row or something that wasn't serving. Right. And I just remember thinking, I'm so thankful that I didn't get exposed to that because it, it could have taken me down a road. I, I don't, I didn't want to go. Do you believe that people have addictive personalities or do you prefer not to use a label like that? You know, I'm not a huge fan of labels and I, you make a really great point, Garrett. I think, I think we have predispositions of things when we're born, you know, some of us lean towards this, you know, and, and mm -hmm. that I, I think, I don't think we're born addicts personally. Uh, my yeah. experience, and again, with, you know, 31 years backing this up, I, you know, in the studies that I've done, I don't think people are born addicts, but yeah, I think we can all become at, addicted to something mm -hmm. for sure. And that's kind of like at times, you know, humans will re, you know, human beings, we don't like feeling uncomfortable. So we will mm -hmm. do something not feel uncomfortable. And unfortunately, some of these things are addictive. 
And yeah. so I think all of us can become addictive, but I don't think um, that we are, I don't think it's in a genetic makeup. Uh, that's yeah. my, my opinion on that. I think that's a really good point because one of the things I was going to ask you about with the coaching work you do is how much it correlates to addiction correlates to just a, a way to cope and how you navigate coping with people. Yeah. So addiction isn't the problem really. And that sounds weird to say that, you know, I didn't have a, I didn't have a drug or an alcohol problem. I had a thinking problem. Mm -hmm. That's ultimately what it was. Again, I walked around believing I wasn't good enough that yeah. I was poisoning myself with my own irrational beliefs. And so what did I do to not try to fill that? Um, unfortunately, I discovered drugs and alcohol. Other people discover food or other people discover sleeping all day. And, and it's unfortunate, but we we gravitate towards something to try to numb out. And mm. But it, alcohol and drugs are just the symptom. Mm -hmm. The actual issue is usually, our, well, not usually, always our thinking and our belief systems about mm -hmm. ourselves and our world. So that's what I do with my clients. I help them start realizing Let's, you, you know, it's funny when I'm sitting across from a heroin addict and I'll say, Hey, are you a drug addict? And they'll go, yeah. And I'm like, no, you're not. <laughs> and they go, what? <laughs> and, and they think I'm crazy. Right. And I get where, where they're coming from. But what I'm saying is I typically go, well, did you use heroin today? And they'll say, well, no. Did you use it the day before? No. The day after the day before that? No. I said, okay, so right now you're clean. So the truth is you're just like me. Time's irrelevant. We're both clean. All we have is this moment. So here we are. You and I are both sitting here. We're clean. So why can't we say we're clean? Why do we label ourselves this, this, or that? Right. So, mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I, I, I think it's a, I think labels are cages and they can um, really build up a, you know, a prison around us that we don't, that sometimes we're not aware of. Yeah, absolutely. Even with terms like, I have anxiety or I am anxious, you know, it's more sure, of sure. the experience yeah. in your physical body and labeling it. So I really appreciate you clarifying that. And um, yeah. it also makes sense why you call yourself a mindset coach, because you're helping them get out of their, their yeah. thoughts. Absolutely. Yeah. Thinking is the number one cause of suffering. And mm -hmm. so when we, cause we, when we let our thinking control us, we are in trouble. Mm -hmm. When we start learning to control the way we think, mm -hmm boy, we take back the power, we take back yeah. our lives. And, you know, and it took me a long time to figure that out and to learn that. And, and I'm grateful for the journey. But I'll tell you, sometimes when you're going through it, you're well, it's it's tough, and it's hard. But, mm. but you know, it's it's worth the fight. It's worth figuring this out and uh, moving forward that way. Absolutely. And when we when we've talked about being stuck in our minds on this podcast before, uh, the word embodiment comes up of getting into your body and getting out of your mind. Are there any modalities or types of exercise or things you do like breath work or meditation to feel more grounded in your body and less stuck in your mind that, that help with this journey? Yeah, for me, um, and this is probably another long answer, but I was taught by my mentor to, to do something for myself right? Every day, like, and you've probably heard this before. If you win the first hour of the day, you win the day. Mm -hmm. And what he told me to do, he was like, Todd, you need to do something for you in the morning before you start your day. You got to get yourself right. So then you can go try to help the world be right or the people you come into contact with that kind of thing. And so I've been doing this thing. I call it my hour of power. I've been doing it over 25 years. 
Um, and it has been the greatest gift, Garrett, that I've ever given myself. And I start by setting my intent. I read my personal declaration statement, which is like a mission statement you know, that, that businesses have, but it's my declaration, meaning I declare that I possess it already. Mm. And then I'll visualize for 10 minutes. And then I'll read uh, from uh, James Allen's uh, complete treasury called Mind is the Master. It's this big, thick, over a thousand page book. It took me six years to get through it. And um, I'll do that for a half hour. So there's 45 minutes of my hour power. And then the last 15 minutes, I'll spend the last 10 minutes sitting in the silence. I'll just sit there in the silence and listen. And I'll tell you, I get more revelation, inspiration mm. in that 10 minutes. I got a stack of papers. I just keep a pen by me and it's just flowing. I'm just like, I can't believe this flow. You know, the universe is just doing a brain dump. And then the last five minutes, I'll write a thank you to someone or an appreciation letter, drop it in the mail, and I send it off. And that's my hour of power. And I've been doing that for 25 years. And that for wow. me has kept me grounded. It has solidified um, powerful belief systems. It, I'm more confident. I have less, I deal less with anxiety or depression because of that. It doesn't mean I don't still wrestle with them at times <laughs> because I do. Um, but I'll tell you, and it's probably the main reason why I'm clean today. Wow. I think that's so helpful for the listeners to hear, <laughs> myself included, because it's something they can take with them today. I've uh, personally always been a, a morning uh, person and yeah. I used to get down on myself when I wouldn't carry that productivity through the day, but I realized yeah. I didn't need to, like it, yeah. it was all there and it was all valid. So, uh, yeah. I love that. And, um, I'm wondering if you have a differentiation in your mind between mentor and coach, because we've used that word a couple, both words a couple mm -hmm. times. And I, I was just wondering if you could, um, separate the two for the listeners really quick. Well, that's a great question because I've always wrestled with that. I even wrestle like, what do you do? And it's like, everyone kind of says, oh, I'm a life coach or I'm a mentor. I mean, you know, mm -hmm. and you know, I think for me, a mentor is more of someone who, who's living a certain way, doing a certain thing. And they're coming back and saying, here's how you do it. And, and I know a coach can do that as well. I mean, coaching, I probably get more into, you know, the thick of things like, you know, the belief systems, the how to overcome anxiety and depression and those kind of things. And so, but I'll be honest with you, Garrett, I'm, I'm not sure if I even know the answer to that. I, mm -hmm. people always ask, what do you do? And I'm always like, uh, one time I'll say, I'm a, I'm a mindset coach. Uh, no, I'm a life coach. Uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm a development coach. And really, I think it just comes down to, I, I, I want to make an, a difference in this world. Mm -hmm. And here's why I say this, Garrett. You know, I want to, I don't know if you, you, do you know who Simon Sinek is? Yeah. I was actually going to ask you about him today. Yeah. So Simon Sinek, I was fortunate enough to know Simon before he became really, really famous. I mean, um, I knew him right when he's getting ready to launch his book, Start With Why. And um, I was fortunate enough to get a little bit of training with him. He helped me become a better mentor and motivational speaker. And he was kind of showing me the ropes and I face to face with Simon Sinek. I mean, I pinched myself on that. And he, uh, he, he said once that if you, and I'm going to paraphrase this. He said, if you master the first 11 steps of AA, you will drink again. If you master step 12, you'll never touch another drop. And, and basically what step 12 is, is helping other people. Mm. And, and I think of my own story when I was, 
I mean, I made this girl's decade when I was giving her that money at the lemonade stand, right? And by the way, her name's Lindy. We're still in contact 31 years later. Wow. She's, she's honestly my best marketer. She's out there. She sends me clients left and right all the time. Oh my gosh. And she's amazing. And so, um, but, but me helping, that was me helping her because what I didn't know about her is that she was in a really dark place because her dad wasn't in her life and she was having a rough time as this cute little fourth grade girl. Mm. And I had no idea I was an answer to her prayer. Wow. It's just, it's mind blowing when we get into the depths of those things. But, and so anyway, you know, does that make sense? I mean, I I really wrestle with those titles as well. Maybe you can help me, but (laughs) I just want to help people at the end of the day. What do you do? I'm I'm helping you. I'm going to just give back what someone showed me. Yeah, absolutely. I think it also depends on what words you've been indoctrinated into or have past experiences with. But either way, I think I I recently in the last year started using the word teacher, like, oh, they're my teacher, because if they weren't helping me accomplish something by a certain timeline, I was like, I'm meeting with you every week. And we're just, you're just teaching me. So I kind of like have been in that space, but mentor, coach, teacher, all, all the same to me. Uh, And uh, I'm curious, so we did touch on spirituality briefly uh, in the, or higher power in the world of spirituality, there's the term or an awakening, the term, you know, a dark night of the soul. And you've shared a little bit about yours Uh, in your coaching business. Do you talk to people about embracing a higher power, surrendering to a higher power or spirituality? Because I've met coaches who are like, it has to be a part of their practice or meditation has to be a part of their practice. And other people who are like, it's, it's up to the person and and what lands for them. And I'm curious of uh, how that plays a role in your coaching. Yeah. Another great question. I love it. You know, I, I think, you know, I personally think it's important for people, but I don't necessarily push it on my clients. I, but I always do ask them. I mean, I'll ask them point blank. Do you believe in a higher power? And if you don't, is there a reason why, you know, and a lot of times you find out, you know, you know, they may have been hurt or they see something bad happening. And it's like, well, how could there be a God? And, you know, and you just, it's amazing. You get a lot of great information by just asking that question. Right. Yeah. (laughs) And so, you know, the way I like to do this, and I said, you know, would you be willing to connect with a higher power if there were, if there was a way that I could maybe share with you that would kind of show you a more simple yet powerful way to do that, or Mm -hmm. you you call it spirituality and whatever. And so I don't know if you've ever read the book, uh, Garrett, called The Purpose Driven Life by Rick Warren. No, I've heard of it, but I haven't read it. It's the number one best-selling book in nonfiction history. And that says a lot. Wow. And at one time, this book was selling a million copies a week, right? Well, I happened to be on ESPN and I saw this story where um, Ray Lewis, who used to be the linebacker for the Baltimore Ravens, um, he has a, you know, he's a Hall of Famer now. And he had this crazy life. I mean, he was doing bad things as well. And he got in some big, big trouble with drugs and alcohol and, and you know, he got, you know, he got uh, charged with, I think, him and his friends for killing someone. Uh, he wasn't convicted. But anyway, he was rough, rough life. Well, someone gave him this book, Purpose Driven Life, right? So Ray Lewis read this book, and, and I'm jumping way through. There's more details in this, but he'll tell you this book saved his life. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm watching the show going, wow. And then Ray Lewis is best friends with Michael Phelps. And Michael Phelps, for, for the listeners that don't realize, he went to rehab for 45 days for alcoholism. And not only that, he was in severe depression to the point where he wanted to be dead. My, the great Michael Phelps, right? Well, Ray Lewis gave him this book before he went into rehab and says, you need to read this book. And Michael's like, no, I don't want to read about that. <laughs> and Ray's like, no, you're going to read this. And anyway, he, he ends up taking it with him and he ends up read, starts reading this book. And he calls up Ray Lewis about two weeks into the book and said, I cannot believe what's going on with this with me. This book is like changing my perspective, my life and this and that. So I see this, Garrett, and th- this will make sense here in a minute. I see this and I'm like, I'm getting the book. I mean, it's got to be something to it, right? Mm-hmm. So I buy this book and I start reading the book too. And I'm like, whoa, this is unbelievable. Because what, what this book is, it's about, it's literally about connecting with God whatever your God may be. It's not trying to convert you to a religion. Mm-hmm. It's not trying to, there's no pressure there, which I love. Um, Cause then people feel non-threatened, right? It's just a, and it's trying to help us realize why are we even here? What's the point of life? What's the purpose, right? But there was a line in this book and this is what I'm getting to. I, and I'm going to butcher it cause I don't have it memorized, but he, in that book, it said, God doesn't have love. God is love. And it's like real simple, right? But for some, you know how sometimes you read something, Garrett, and it just nails you? I read this, I was like, whoa, there it is. And so when I'm sitting with a client, back to your original question there, and they're struggling with a higher power, I said, well, I share that little line with them. I'll say, God doesn't have love, or God, yeah, God doesn't have love, God is love. So Mm -hmm. I said, if we take the word God out just for a minute even, Okay, let's just call it love. Let's just say that. And then I'll say, um, when my three and a half year old granddaughter walks into the room, guess what the whole room feels? And they'll say love. And I'll say why? And they'll go, well, because she's love. And I go, well, that means you are too then. So if God is love and you are love, how does love connect with love? Hmm. And they and they look at me and go, love? And I go, yeah, give mm-hmm. away love. Yeah. So, so an example would be this, Garrett. If if I did something nice for you, you would feel good because I did something nice for you. I would feel good knowing that it kind of made your day, right? It would feel good. Or in other words, you felt love, I felt love, and we just connected with love, mm. our higher power. Because yeah. people say, how do I feel a higher power? Go give it away. Like we talked mm. about earlier. And I'll tell you, I've shared this with atheists, Garrett. And I just said, just do it. Forget about it. Don't, don't just be open to it. It is a game changer. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's, the, I, so I do think that helping them connect spiritually like that in a very simplistic, but yet very profound and powerful way is very important. So that's kind of where I steer my clients towards. But, you know, if a client doesn't want to go down that road, I respect that. And we'll, we don't need to go down that road. And so, but most of them are, usually pretty open to that. That makes sense. And the way that you just explained that, I'm like, oh, that is so helpful. I'm going to be sending this podcast to clients in the future, just because like you said, it makes sense to an an atheist. It's it's connecting because I look at the levels of consciousness and frequency and vibration and love is like the highest vibration. So it makes, it's it's landing for me. And and I hope it's uh, landing for the listeners. (laughs) And not to sound cliche or cheesy, right? I'm feeling it right now, Garrett. 
I'm yeah. serious. Like I, 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 I feel a connection with you and it feels amazing because you and I are kind of on that same frequency and wavelength. And I respect you for the way you live your life. And, and ever since you were on my podcast, I seriously was just blown away when the moment we just, you know, we ended the call, I was like, who is this girl? Oh my gosh. I mean, I was just blown away. <laughs> and Thank so you. I, I was, I couldn't wait to be back on and to see you again and to feel your energy and, this is, this is awesome. And I'm really, truly feeling it right now. Thank you. And that's, I think, what's so exciting and um, true for walking what's mo- the path most aligned, right? Because you're being, you're able to share the, the fullness of any connection because you're not hiding through um, what we kicked off the episode with thinking something's wrong with you and behind <laughs> the mask that we create. Uh, so <laughs> I appreciate that you, you sharing yeah. that. And I feel the same. And I, I think, you know, because this podcast started when I was still dealing with some of my own ego stuff, I thought I want to get high performers and all of these people based on what they do and what their biography yeah. says. And, and yet now, you know, I'm having deeper conversations like this, but still with people who have some pretty epic resumes. And so uh, I feel like I have to ask you a little bit about your journey in your career through coaching. And if it's something that you knew like day one, I'm going to be a coach and this is, this is my forever path. Or if you kind of found your way into it and then, um, with speaking and writing books and all of the things, podcasting your belief cast, what came first and how did you find your way into the space? Yeah. Good. You're so good at asking questions. That is awesome. Thank you. You know, I didn't, I didn't set out to be like a, a, a mentor or a coach or an author or a podcaster. Um, when I, so a really cool part of my story is when I finally, after I had that experience at the lemonade stand, I was like, I, the feeling I had when I helped this little girl, it was like greater than any high I've ever experienced in my life. I thought, wow, how can I have this experience like continuously, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, again, I had this pure revelation. So my last name's Sylvester, and I had a dog growing up named Sly, so Sly Dog. Well, that was my nickname in high school, and all my friends, my coaches, teachers, everyone called me Sly Dog, right? Mm-hmm. Well, when I got clean, and I, I, I was writing in my room, I'm like, I was literally quiet, I'm journaling, and I'm like, how can I make a difference in this world? Okay, and this was way back 31 years ago. I... I, w- I started doodling this dog. I mean, and, and, I, and I still have it. If I showed you, I mean, it's not good at all, but <laughs> it hit me. I, this inspiration came and said, why don't you create an animated cartoon character called Sly Dog and his motto, and I wrote it down, drug free, that's me. And then go around to all the elementary schools and help kids to not have to go through what I went through. And I kid you not, when I wrote this down, I knew this was my why. I knew why I was born. This was mm. it. And I kid you not. I threw that paper down and I literally left the house and I ran, the, ran around the block as fast as I could with excitement. I just wow. took off. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and totally so, so I created this, uh, this drug education program for elementary school kids. Wow. And, and so I did it for over five years and it was full time. I had these sponsors that backed me up and it was uh, at the time, the, the number one drug education program in the state of Utah. Wow. And 
I spoke to over 250,000 kids, inspiring them to, to believe in themselves, to love themselves, to help other people, to stay away from drugs and alcohol and that kind of thing. Well, parents would come up to me and go, my kid loves your program. Would you work with them one-on-one? Ah. And I had no clue. I'm like, and I would just say, sure. You know, I just said, yes, I didn't have a clue what I'm doing, Garrett. I'm like, <laughs> okay. So this kid, I'm sitting across from this kid and I'm going, okay, what do I do here? <laughs> <laughs> so I just start talking to this kid and long story short, I feel like I just, it just became, became natural to me. And it was, that's where my coaching took off. And then also from there, people would hire me and go, hey, will you come speak to our group and tell us what you're doing? And, mm. and so my first started to take off. You know, I spoke in churches, schools, businesses, you name it. And I just, I did it all for free. I was just like, yep, I just want to share my message. I just want to get out. Wow. And I started creating this foundation. And this was before social media. You mm-hmm. got to remember, I mean, you had to be like on... If you were on the news, I mean, like people would come out of the woodwork, you were on the news. Yeah. Now it's like, oh, you're on the news. No big deal, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, and so that's what opened up the door for everything that I'm doing now. I never thought I'd ever write a book. I've written two now. One one became an Amazon number one bestseller. Um, I, I never even wow. thought this podcast that I'm doing. I just, I bought the podcast starter kit on Amazon for 99 bucks. I thought I'll give this a try. It's one little cheap mic and mm-hmm. we'd sit, you know, me and my clients right next to each other and our, my guests. And it was, it was pretty podunk, but I'll tell you, um, I was like, man, people are really digging this. And now, I mean, that was three and a half years ago. I think I just did my 165th episode. We just hit 115,000 downloads. It's just, I don't know. It's amazing the journey I've been on, but it all started with, I just wanted to go help kids, not yeah. go through the pain that I went through. It's amazing to hear it, that like kind of how it evolved that way, because I think so many people stop at the how, well, I want to write a book, but how, how do I get this? How, and, and that, like we talked about earlier, gets you stuck in your mind and stuck in like the how to, and not in the belief of the why. And, and like you said, knowing your why and where you're going with it. You may not know exactly where, but you kind of just know how it's going to make you feel. And um, I love just the different layers that were added. And I have to ask, was there any step along the way that you felt any level of imposter syndrome or, um, or challenged in a, in, a, in a way that scared you? So for instance, writing or getting on a stage in front of a bunch of people or the podcast? Yeah, absolutely. All of it. Okay. <laughs> okay. I mean, I remember the first time coaching, I was like, what, who am I? How, how am I even qualified to even do this? And, you know, first time speaking in front of a large crowd, I'm going, what do I have to say to these people? They, they need to be teaching me. I mean, you know, and so, yeah, there was that imposter syndrome for sure. Um, It took me a while. I'll be honest with you. When I was growing up, if I had to give a talk or a presentation in school, I would fake sick. I would tell my mom that I'm sick, I can't go. And she had no idea I was supposed to do something. And mm. I would take zero. I mean, I was petrified of getting in front of people and, and saying anything. And now it's just what I do and I love it. And it's just taken a, a minute to get there. But yeah, for sure in the beginning, I struggled with all of it. And then even when I started my podcast, I was nervous and I still get nervous. Like even when I was having you on, I'm like, okay, I hope I can, 
saying the right <laughs> things to Garrett because I looked at you as like, man, this girl's a powerhouse, man, and I better be ready. <laughs> and so, um, so yeah, I still, you know, I still have to check myself, and it really is humbling, actually. And you know, and you know, writing a book that was that was a task that took a long, long time for me because I'm a slow writer and I'm a slow. I'm just slow on those kind of things. But uh, what is that? Just so the listeners can hear it, we'll put it in the show notes. What's the name of your book and how long did it take you? So uh, I wrote my first book. I call it almost like an ebook. It's called It's Time to Start Living. It's not very long. It's just like some snippets of some principles that I teach and a portion of my story. And that was kind of a really cool thing because it kind of got the foundation. But the, the book about my whole life is called I Am Recovered. And uh, it it was a labor of love. It honestly took me five years. <laughs> I believe it. I believe five it. years. And, you know, and it's like, it's a, it's almost like a website, right? The website, you can always, you think, well, I can do this and I can improve this. I should say it this way. You know, we could dissect it every day. Yeah. And I, that's what I was doing. I was overthinking it and I had a lot of help. Um, I even at one point hired a ghostwriter who was awesome and did a great job, but yeah, it took a minute, and uh, but I'm glad that it's done because it got my story out there. And and one of the greatest ways to leave a legacy is to write your story down. Mm-hmm. Like so, a hundred years from now, when I'm dead and gone, someone could read that book, and mm-hmm. you could change their life. And I'm thinking that's pretty cool to yeah. think that someone a hundred years from now, I'm not even around. No one, they won't even know me. They won't even care. Yeah. But, but it's, it's on paper. And so I always recommend to my clients when they, when they start doing amazing, get your story down, even if it's just for your family, get your story down mm-hmm. on paper, because that's how you leave your legacy. So, yeah, I, I believe that. I think, uh, even if someone's not ready to write a book, like blogging, podcasting, just sharing your experience, it's, I think it's really underrated and, and, you know, influencers get a lot of flack, but I think it's a really powerful thing that they do. If it, if, if slash when it's truly genuine and aligned, uh, because they show the way for, for others. Um, and, uh, for the, uh, listeners who are looking for, um, ways to access you, uh, your podcast is one of them. Do you want to share a little bit more about your podcast? Yeah, so um, I call it a belief cast. Yes, and it's on every major platform of where you can find podcasts. App, you know, obviously Apple and Google and all the others. And um, you can also get it on my website. I have a website, you know, ToddSylvesterInspires.com, and you can access it there as well. But obviously, most people do it through an app or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I'm on all the major apps, and you can find me. Just type in Todd Sylvester Inspires Belief Cast, or you can just type in Belief Cast, and mm-hmm. it should pull up and um, yeah, I would love your listeners to to check it out and, and even check out your interview if they haven't already. I mean, that that sucker downloaded, I'm telling you, <laughs> 10,000 10, times. I'm serious. Wow. Uh, and Thank I was just you. like, holy crap. And the, the feedback and the responses was overwhelming. And, you know, I posted it on Instagram for you. I don't know if you saw yeah, it. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Like, what the? I mean, it was exploding. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, what is going on here? You know, and, and it doesn't surprise me, but sometimes you kind of go, whoa, yeah. so many people are digging into this. So yeah, <laughs> it's funny. I th- first of all, thank you. And thank you for the opportunity. Yeah. I, uh, I had to ask a, a question that is a little more personal and sort of encircles that. So 
um, we were talking about having an edge or not an edge, but um, the nervousness never really goes away. And it made me think about Navy SEALs. And I once heard um, Will O'Neill, I think is his name, or Tom O'Neill, uh, who killed Osama bin Laden. Osama bin Laden. Can't believe I'm forgetting his name. But he shared that the moment he stopped feeling those butterflies, he knew it was time to get out because he yeah. needed that edge to be in, you know, yeah. in alignment and, and, and on his A game, so to speak. And um, what, and this whole train of thought triggered because one of the funny things I've released before to the world are episodes with my uh, fiance and they, they do really well. And I always laugh like, okay, uh, all right. Like just this, this guy, he, you know, average Joe, nice person right. comes on the show and people want to hear that. And it's always surprising, but um, something about you is that you've been married for, I think, 28 years. 28 years. Yeah. Wow. And so yeah. how do you <laughs> navigate this space of continual self-growth within the container of a marriage? And do do you still get butterflies? Like, what is that like? I think a lot of listeners um, are of the age of, you know, potentially getting married. I mean, not that you can get married whenever, but I'll, looking at that age range, it's it's an appropriate question to ask, but it's been like for you. Yeah, that's a great question as well. I, you know, I still get nervous, um, which I guess is a good thing. Um, I like to switch it though in my mind and say, no, I'm excited because it's the yeah. same biological response. Yes. So I'm learning that too. I'm not always perfect at that, but I, I think, I think when we feel a little nervous or excited, I think it's it's a way of reminding me to be humble about the the opportunities that I've been given because I. I, you know, last night I was speaking, like I said, to 60, to 60 guys who are struggling with, you know, life on just, you know, on a certain scale. And I, I just go, wow, it was, to me, it was a sacred moment for me. I'll never forget it. It was amazing. And I just, I don't know. I just feel, I think gratitude and, and being humble about those things keep me in line personally. The moment I start thinking, well, I've got this and I'm, I'm the best motivational speaker and I'm going to, you know, no, man, I, I got, I'm learning every day. Like, again, I refer back to when I had you on my podcast, I learned so much from you. I mean, I still have the notes and everything. And so I, I, I I try to incorporate like, Hey, and I always try to give credit. So if I'm quoting you, I don't quote it as if I'm saying, I'm like, Hey, Garrett Wood, here's what she told me. Boom, boom, boom. Check her out. Mm -hmm. And so I always, I think that's helped me kept humble too, because I, I give credit to you and people like that who, you know, if I say something, I'm like, hey, this is where I learned it, mm-hmm. you know? And so I think what we do is we need to, you know, we take the information in and we incorporate it, but we need to give credit where credit is due and we just pass it along and, and that's the goal. But uh, I think... I don't know. I've been really fortunate that I haven't been too prideful at times, you know, and that mm. can really get us in trouble. I think, you know, thinking we've got it. And yeah, I just try to stay grounded by being humble and grateful. That's incredible. And do you feel like the, the way you've approached that in your career has empowered your marriage or do you think your marriage empowered you? Ooh, wow. That's a good <laughs> Dang, man, you got some dudes today. <laughs> you know, I don't, that's, when you say it like that, I, I kind of think probably both, mm. you know, because my wife is my greatest supporter. I mean, she, my wife knew me, knew of me while I was in the height of my addiction. Wow. She actually knew my little brother. 
and she knew of my reputation and everything. She thought this guy's going to be dead. Mm-hmm. And, and for, for now, now we're married. Right. And, but she's been, she's seen what I went through and, you know, and I still, you know, obviously we're human and I still have struggles and I still, but she's, she's solid. That woman will put me in my place quicker than anybody. <laughs> so I think it's a little both actually. And, and, and that's a good thing, you know, it's just some balance there, but uh, you know, she, she lets me do what I love to do. And she's always been so supportive of that. And she knows this is my calling. Mm-hmm. She knows that I would be doing nothing else. I would be miserable if I was um, doing something outside of this realm, you know, mm-hmm. and not that anything those are bad, but it's just not, not for you. Me you know? So she's been so good. So I think it's a little of both. That's really neat to hear. Um, Thank you for sharing that. And I guess the final question I'll ask is what are you most inspired about for this year specifically? And, and where you slash this industry, this space you're in uh, is heading. You know, I'm most excited right now about now, like sitting here with you because I'll be honest with you. I have no idea. Like you even said, Hey, is there any upcoming events? Yeah. I got a bunch of stuff coming up, but I don't, I don't know. All I have is this moment with you, Garrett, and I'm excited about this because I know that we've spoken some truth today and it's going to probably hopefully spark some of your listeners to where, you know, it's going to change their life. I really do believe that. I believe that when you shared on my podcast that you would save a life. And I'll tell you, I guarantee you, you did because I can't believe the responses and the downloads was on is ridiculous. And so I, I, you know, I'm going I'm to quote a little Tupac here, right? Uh, <laughs> he said, I may not change the world, but I will spark the brain that will. Wow. And I hope, and I do believe on some level that you and I today have sparked someone to where it's, they're going to go make a difference in their life. And even if it's just with their spouse, their girlfriend, boyfriend, their kids, their coworker, or just a friend, I, mm. I really believe that's going to happen. So I'm excited about now. Thank you for that. And I feel that I, I think it's one of the drivers that keeps me going personally, uh, to podcasts to continue reaching out to people like yourself and, and meeting with inspired people. So uh, yeah. For the people whose brains are sparked, we have all of your uh, links to find you with the belief cast, your website, uh, Instagram, all of, the, all of the things for people, your books, so that they can find you, they can access your wisdom, they can find videos of you, all the things. And I'm really excited about that. So um, people can check out the show notes for that. Thank you so much for being here for your time while you're on a beautiful resort. It means so much. And I'm just really grateful that we had the opportunity to Uh, not only do one interview, but spend two interviews together. So thank you. Absolutely. And I'm going to take a quick picture of you because uh, I want to remember this moment. Not that I'll forget, but I'm going to let people know that I got to sit down with the great Garrett Wood today. And (laughs) I just love what you're doing and the way you live your life. And you're truly an inspiration to me. And uh, it's a blessing to know you, Garrett. Thank you. The feeling is mutual. And I look forward to our paths crossing again. Absolutely. For sure. Thank you.